0: Welcome to The Everglow, a podcast with real advice you can actually use to live a better, happier life, especially if you're an empath. No burning sage, no crystals, no BS. Join me as I travel the world sharing the valuable lessons I learned. Hit subscribe on iTunes or wherever it is that you're listening to this to get new episode updates. What up everybody, welcome to another edition of The Everglow, starring yours truly, AB3. Here to give you some wisdom if I could. Uh, I want to apologize for taking so long to get another episode completed, but I wanted to, and my goal has always been to put out some quality, uh, you know, statements, quality podcasts, so hopefully you guys or somebody out there can take something from it to help improve their life a little bit. I didn't want to just pump garbage out. So today's podcast, I wanna talk about finding your voice. So we're gonna call today's podcast, The Voice. Not like the TV show, uh, but more like your own voice. Because too often in life, we get steamrolled by people or we're afraid to speak up and we don't say what we're thinking because of the fact that, especially as an empath or highly sensitive person, we often don't wanna cause any conflict. The problem with that, however, is that by staying silent when we otherwise would want to speak up, we actually find ourselves getting increasingly frustrated and angry with situations in life. And the way I see it, I started reframing it. We're not really angry with the situations that arise. We're angry with ourselves a lot of the time because something happens and then we go back home and then we think, man, why didn't I say that? Why didn't I say this? or the situation is rather stupid or illogical and I just let it happen in front of my eyes. Why is that? So I'm gonna give you a ton of examples today. Hopefully some of them resonate with you. And I also wanna kinda communicate how you can find your voice, meaning how you can gradually learn to speak up. And what I found is, especially over the last two years, I'd say, maybe really, you know, it's kind of accelerating even more so in the last year, Uh, I've become become a lot better at speaking up and speaking my mind when I see something wrong or when something doesn't make sense. Um, You know, growing up in Ottawa, great place by the way, I have very fond memories of my childhood, um, I often never spoke up. And I mean, that's not uncommon for anyone that, you know, as you're growing up and you're a kid, you know, you don't want to get bullied or whatever, and so you you stay quiet. And I, I would say with my own upbringing, it was a bit more exacerbated with me or more pronounced, if you will, because of the fact that I was one of the few brown guys growing up in Ottawa, which was, you know, at the time a predominantly, you know, white city. And so I have, you know, while I'm not going to shit on the city, I did have a lot of uh, bullying and racism, you know, growing up, especially mostly in my really younger years. Uh, And those being very formative years, what ends up happening is, you know, you end up where I ended up kind of having this people-pleasing mentality. So, you know, when something would come up where I had to kind of fend for myself, I would often stay quiet because I didn't want to, I had this bad programming where if I spoke up, I thought I was going to get my ass kicked. Let's just keep it real. Or alternatively, you know, I get bullied or be made fun of uh, for being brown if I, if I spoke up and potentially had had or created conflict, even though I wasn't really the one instigating the conflict. So often I would just kind of roll over and play dead. I can give you a million stories, even just simple ones. I was—I remember I had a Super Nintendo, I believe it was, or Nintendo. I think it was a Super Nintendo. And I wanted to sell it. I didn't really play with it very much. So I thought, let's sell it. And I was this is when I was a kid. I must have been like, I don't know, 11 years old. And I put an ad up in the penny saver. And, you know, somebody, a few people called. One lady called to buy it. And we agreed on a price. And when she showed up at my place, she offered me less money than what we had agreed upon. And because I was such a people pleaser, I couldn't say no. So I took the lower amount, even though that's not what we agreed upon. And I gave her the Super Nintendo. And of course my brother let me have it after that. He's like, what the hell were you thinking? Blah, 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 blah. And even myself as a person struggled. Uh, with that. Cause it's like, even I, I didn't, I'm like, why couldn't I just tell her no? Um, you know, you're a little kid and it's an adult showing up. Those dynamics don't help. But you know, I, I didn't have my voice back then to tell the lady, no, what are you talking about? Why did you even show up to my place without the amount of money that we agreed upon? Get lost. I'm not going to fault myself for being a kid and getting taken advantage of. That's, that's everybody at all aspects of our life in various stages. But that's where kind of this thing was, me not wanting to create conflict. And that's always permeated me in negotiations um, growing up. I hated negotiating with people about things. I would definitely shop for great deals. But if if it came time to have to do a one-on-one negotiation, terrible. I was terrible at it because I I always felt negotiations could be adversarial and I just didn't want to go down that path because I was so incredibly conflict averse. Some of you may relate to that. Um, so as life went on, this conflict aversion started permeating a lot of my life because I was always conflict averse or when a potential conflict would arise, you know, my heart would start pounding. I'd feed, feel the blood drain. I'd feel this bad energy. And I, my, my instinct was to take flight, right? Like, let's get this. this is, I don't want to deal with this. It's conflict. I hate it. Let me run away. But unfortunately, you can't go through life. Like that. I mean, you can, but you're going to often be miserable unless you're living in the middle of a forest uh, and living off the land. As long as you're living in a society with people around you, especially a dense city like LA, literally every, every 500 feet is an opportunity for conflict. And you have to pick and choose your battles, but you also have to find your voice. And what I found is the more I found my voice to speak up, the more or rather the the fewer situations arise for me to need to speak up. So I thought I would put this podcast together to kind of help you find your voice. Have you ever found yourself in situations where something ridiculous happens right in front of your eyes and you don't say anything? And then you go home and you're like, man, how did I let that happen? <laughs> and I'll give you more examples because a lot of them are just stupid and innocuous, but it's these they still paved the foundation for this bad behavior on our part of as empaths being so conflict averse i remember once when i got this place this house i'm living in there was a huge reel of uh cable cable for like television cable i don't know why it was here but it was a it was a big reel of it and it was brand new in a box and when i called the cable company to come to have some cable installed uh or have my cable connected the guy that came from the cable company he used instead of using his own cable he saw my box and he used mine without even asking and that's totally fine there's no issue with that so the guy used my roll of cable to you know put my cables together to connect uh, one of the outlets no big deal but here's where it got ridiculous he ended up taking my box of cable and taking it to his truck and i literally saw it and even back then i like i was like i'm watching this i'm like what the hell is this guy doing and it wasn't a mistake he didn't accidentally take my box, confusing it for his. He knew he was taking my box. He just picked it up and threw it in the back of his truck as though it were his. And I'm like, uh, "Hey, that's my box." I, I At least then I said, "Hey, can you leave some cable for me? I want you to see how ridiculous this is." I was asking this asshole for permission to keep some some of the cable, and he fucking drove away with my box of cable. Now, I didn't, in the grand scheme of things, I didn't really care. I was never going to use it. It was taking up space. I was. Probably should have just been given away or thrown away. So I'm glad the, the cable got used instead of going into a landfill. But it, it's more just the whole premise that I watched somebody walk away with something that belonged to me. And that's probably happened to you. I mean, not in that exact regard, but people have kind of gotten away with things that they shouldn't have because you sat there silently wondering what the hell was happening because you, it wasn't in your instinct or nature to react quickly. Sometimes you get caught off guard with somebody's rude behavior, and you don't know what to say because you're not used to it, and you're not used to reacting, and let that be a good thing because that also says a lot about you in many cases. It means you're not usually surrounded by these kind of weirdos or negative situations, so good for you, but at the same time, there are situations that come about where you feel muzzled. You stand there like a mute. I'm going to give you a few other examples because I enjoy telling these little anecdotes. Um... Several years ago, maybe a few more than that, maybe like maybe six or seven years ago, I had taken on this other attorney who claimed he was, uh, you know, great at personal injury. He knew how to handle the cases. So I took him on board. And uh, the first time I had to file a lawsuit, he didn't know how to do it. And filing a lawsuit, if you're an attorney, is actually a pretty simple thing if you're using certain forms. He didn't even know how to do it. So he was like, hey, let's hire this lady I know. She only charges a few hundred bucks. She'll put the paperwork together. And me being new at personal injury at the time, I thought, okay, that's fine. But then in my mind, I was thinking, well, if I'm going to pay somebody else to put together the lawsuit, what's the purpose of you working for me? I mean, the whole thing was you claimed you knew how to do personal injury and lawsuits. I didn't hire you to tell me to go hire someone else, but the shy, conflict-averse part of me didn't say anything. I sat there quietly wondering why the fuck am I paying somebody else to do what this asshole is getting paid to do? And sure enough, this paralegal that I had paid to that he suggested I pay to do the lawsuit. She ended up fucking something up, checking off the wrong box. And it cost me an extra thousand dollars for a whole uh, bunch of reasons. I won't bore you to death with. And when I approached him about it, he's like, Oh, that's too bad. And I'm like, huh? And you know, I think I'm grateful for these situations to be honest with you because did these things not, were these things not to have occurred more and more and more frequently, I probably today would still be sitting there quietly like a mute um, because now if that situation happened today, I just call the person out on it. I would literally say, why did I hire you if you're telling me to hire someone else to do what you were hired to do, dumbass? Um so in these regards, it's kind of a good thing when these negative things happen because they help you learn. And when you don't feel some pain, it's hard not to learn. Um, you know, here's another great example. This is an old story from like, man, I don't know, 2004 maybe. I had flown down, this, I was living in Toronto at the time and I had flown down to Los Angeles to visit my parents. Uh maybe we went to Mexico after that. I don't remember, but I was flying back to Toronto from Los Angeles. Now, yes, Canada and the US are technically different countries, but for flying purposes, they're basically considered domestic flights. So, I was flying Air Canada and, you know, I fly a lot. It wasn't a big deal to me. I was just flying in regular coach and, you know, they, they're you know, the the flight attendants were going up and down the aisles asking people for what they would like to drink. And the male flight attendant comes up to me. The female one's on the other side, attending to the other se- side of the rows, and this guy's attending to my side. So he asks me, "What would you like to drink?" And I ask him a very simple question: "Do you have lemonade?" The guy's whole attitude changes. He gets his panties in a knot. A knot. All of a sudden, he's like, "Lemonade? What does that mean?" I'm like, huh? He's like, what do you mean when you say lemonade? Like, do you mean like water with lemon in it? I mean, in Italy, lemonade means this. In X country, lemonade means that. Like, what, what, what do you mean? And it was—I was so startled. Even the people sitting next to me were like, "What the fuck's wrong with this guy?" Like, all I asked for is if they had lemonade, and he threw a. This attendant was throwing a fit just because I asked that, and he was going, you know, he's making this big drama about it, and it's like what the fuck was that and I was so taken off guard. I was so taken aback I didn't I didn't know how to react because it wasn't in my nature when somebody would pop up like that and come at me it wasn't in my nature to react quickly so and also I didn't want to cause a scene on a plane um, and I'm also embarrassed you know people are watching and you know back then I would always give other people the benefit of the doubt now I don't I give no one the benefit of the doubt, especially after the last four years living here. I give zero people benefit of the doubt. I just assume I'm right 99% of the time and people can work their way out of it. But I was like, uh, okay, well, just, you know, uh, I don't want anything to drink then because the energy was so toxic. And uh, I could even see the other flight attendant on the other side who kind of seen the whole thing. Even she was like, she kind of looked at me and I could tell she was embarrassed for me. By this guy's behavior, um, but you know that's another instance when I, I I couldn't find my voice because like you just heard me say I didn't want conflict. I was feeling humiliated. Um, this version of me probably would have just I don't even care if I'm on a plane. I would have said, "What the fuck did you just say? We're on a fucking domestic flight. If you don't know what lemonade is, you should quit your job." And it's taken me a lot of years to get to the point to react quickly or to respond quickly. Um, it doesn't mean I have a I'm a hothead at all, but I've been able to finally get to that line where I've been able to distinguish a certain type of personality and respond to that personality quickly and shut them down. Because some people they want to be shut down. Now I had done nothing to this flight attendant for him to behave like that to me at all. I was just a young guy flying on a plane by myself going back to Toronto. Um, I'm not sure. I guess he sensed I was an empath and maybe his relationship had ended. And he was just, he was doing a drive-by, you know, emotional drive-by. I mean, who knows? It doesn't matter. But, you know, at least I went back home and I was so pissed about it. I wrote a nasty letter to Air Canada customer service calling him out on it. And I'm sure nothing happened. But the point is, I, this this whole thing is about finding your voice so you don't have to think about shit later. So those are a couple interesting examples in my life. And I've had, you know, they were really shit. There were things happening on the daily that I just... They were really dragging me down because I'd always be like, why didn't I say that? Why didn't I say this? Why did I let this person do that to me? Once I started practicing law, I mean, all bets were off. Then I was really getting steamrolled because and it's an interesting thing being a lawyer, the same people you're trying to help, and you've heard me say this so many times before, you'll often find that, unfortunately, often the people you're trying to help often treat you adversarially. And I understand in part, in some situations, it's because, you know, they're in a stressful situation and you're the face of the stress. Not that you caused it, but let's say there's an opposing side, they don't get to speak to the opposing side, so they take out their angst on you. A lot of people have financial problems, they want their cases to be settled quickly, which isn't how it works. Uh, Some people want top dollar on their cases, and they want the case to be done before they've even started getting treatment, which isn't how it works um so they take it out on you i you know but as you get your voice as i got my voice it became a lot easier and so what i want to tell you today is that you have that voice in you even if you don't think you have the courage today if you keep working on it and you keep recognizing that there's a problem you will have your voice tomorrow and it's not going to come overnight it's going to come in baby steps And what I found is the more I started barking back, the more I started speaking my mind, the easier it was for me to do it. So I wanted to kind of explain to you how I did it and maybe you can do it for yourself. Because what you'll find in life, if you haven't already, is people will take from you as much as you're willing to give. I'm not just talking about material things like finances or material objects or time, they're going to take your energy. They're going to take as much of whatever they can from you until you say no, because that's how society, unfortunately, has become. And you really have to fend for yourself more than ever, I would say, because people become more selfish and you need to become more selfish, too. Um, But what you'll find is people will also perceive you as weak. When you just keep rolling over or not speaking back, you'll be perceived of as weak to everybody. And again, like I said, they'll take more from you. And it's it's the classic anecdote of the, the bully, right? The schoolyard bully. He goes around pushing people around. He finds the smallest guy he can find, picks on him. Until one day, the little kid punches the bully in the nose and magically the bully disappears. Well, that's what finding your voice is all about. It's about making sure nobody fucks with (laughs) you. And so as you know, the law of attraction in the universe, uh, the way that works is the weaker you perceive yourself to be, or the weaker you behave, the more the universe will give you people and situations that are going to take advantage of and exploit your weakness or your inability to speak up and fend for yourself. And so with that being said, um, I wanted to kind of, tell you a little bit more about my experience and the results of being somebody that couldn't speak up. It made me a terrible negotiator when I was younger. Uh, I, cause I was afraid to ask for things for fear of pissing off the other side. Uh, it made me mad and it'll make you mad at yourself. You'll fool yourself into thinking you're mad at the person that took advantage of you. But in reality, you're just mad at yourself. You're wondering why you stood there as a mute and didn't speak up for yourself. And the worst part of not speaking up for yourself and finding your voice when you need it, or never doing anything about it, is that you'll grow up really unhappy. And you won't grow in life in general. Uh, you can't, it's my pre- this is my premise and my thought, you can't be truly successful in business, jobs, or even relationships if you don't or don't have the courage to speak up and speak your, vo- speak your mind. I'm not saying you can't be successful at all. I'm just saying you're not going to be as successful as you could. You're not going to find your or reach your full potential in life if you're always holding back. So if you look at the most successful people, some of them are considered eccentric. Uh, And part of it is because they don't have much of a filter. I'm not saying be uncivilized, always be civilized when you're talking with people unless the situation warrants otherwise. Be civilized, be diplomatic, but, you know, speak your mind. If something doesn't make sense or you catch somebody lying, call them out on it. Like, what have you got to lose? And uh, you have a lot to lose, actually, if you don't say anything, because the other person's going to think you're a sucker. So for me personally, what really pushed me down this road of finding my voice started with practicing law. I was able to get by in life, putting up with a lot of bullshit, not saying things. But the longer I practiced law and the more I started getting steamrolled by certain clients who would just lie about things and make things up or you know, use me, I got to a point of cracking where I had no choice but to start speaking up because <laughs> I was about to either quit this profession altogether or quit this profession altogether. Um, one of those two choices, which if you listen closely, I just said the same thing because I was at my breaking point. People would just take advantage of me and I I couldn't call them out on it one, one thing that would often happen with my bankruptcy clients is I would consult they would consult with me they would tell me what their case looked like how much debt they had so on and so forth I would quote them a price based on the complexity of the case and then sure enough when it after they would engage me or retain me as their attorney it would turn out their case was 5 times as complicated as they had initially stated because they had lied about whether it be how much money they owed, the assets they had, or otherwise. And me being a pussy, I would think, well, i got to be a man of my word. And I promised the client that I was only going to charge them $1,500 for the case. So I'm not going to tell them my price has to go up because their case changed. Because I thought it would be bad business, this, that, and the other. And I thought, as time went on, I started thinking, what's going on? These people are deceiving me, probably just like they deceive their own cre- the creditors, and I, here I am trying to be a man of my word, but these clients aren't being people of their word, because I think some of these people, how do you not know that you owe $100,000 when you're telling me that you only owe 10000 or 20000 You know, these people are doing this on purpose in some cases, and so nowadays, I literally even put in my retainer agreement I tell people up front here's a range pricing but if I pull your credit and you owe a lot more or your case changes I reserve the right to change the price um if the facts of your case change my price changes and you know what nobody ever pushed back and that's that was one of my first forays into you know standing up for my myself in a in a kind of like quiet way I guess right because it's not very adversarial but A couple or a few years ago, I had an attorney that was trying to fight with me over attorney fees because I had taken over a case he had dropped the ball on. That attorney, since not only been disbarred, I think he has criminal charges pressed against him, fled the country. Um, Really nasty situation, but he tried to rip off my client and ultimately me. And I had no choice but to fight back on this guy. And, you know, at the beginning, I was kind of scared because he presented himself as like Mr. Trial Attorney you know, he's on the radio and he was this old older attorney. And, you know, as a younger attorney, I was deferential to these trial attorneys that had been around longer because I foolishly would think they knew more than I did. And as time went on with practice, I've learned that they never did. I always actually as a newer attorney, you tend to learn more in many cases because, you know, you're more up to date with shit. And I had no choice but to fight this guy as much as I didn't want to. And so I went through all the process, the mediation, the arbitration with the state bar and I won. I won at every step. Um, in fact, at the arbitration, they ended up awarding me more than I asked for, which I thought was amazing because I had proven my point. And despite all this guy's smoke and mirrors, they, they saw he was full of shit. And uh, so did quite a few other people unrelated to this particular case, because as I mentioned, he had so many complaints filed against him that he lost his license permanently. So with that being said, I, I was forced into finding my voice because it was either me or them. And I had to start fighting back. But the more I fought back and the more I started speaking up more, I I gradually started shaking this notion that if I spoke my mind, something bad would happen. I mean, I'm not a kid and neither are you on a schoolyard anymore. You don't have to worry about getting punched in the face or beaten up or bullied after school for speaking your mind or pissing somebody off, because as time has gone on, I've decided I'd rather be pissing on somebody than getting pissed on. And in this culture where people just lie all the time and make stuff up, you can't sit by idly anymore, especially if you're an empath, you will fucking get destroyed out there. And I will tell you this, the more I started speaking up for myself to defend myself, the more I started calling out bullshit and finding my voice without hesitation, the fewer instances of needing to speak up would find their way to me because people could sense that I shouldn't or they shouldn't fuck with this guy. Not that I'm walking around like some bully at all. I mean, part of the reason I get so many clients is because people think I'm a nice guy, et cetera. But you have to know when to draw your lines. And so I urge you to start experimenting with the little things. I'm not saying to go out guns blazing being a dick. If your hamburger is taking too long at McDonald's, I'm not stay I'm not suggesting you start yelling at the McDonald's workers behind the counter to hurry the fuck up and you've been waiting 5 minutes already. You need to get like you don't need to be a dick. Like I said, stay civilized. These aren't the times to voice up and be a jerk. But what I have found is being in LA I'm often a ghost and I don't know why. I think it's if you've read the Celestine prophecy Sometimes I'm vibrating at a level where I truly am probably invisible to people. I don't know how many times I've been at restaurants waiting for food where I'm waiting 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 in non-crowded restaurants and people are coming going coming going coming going and I'm waiting 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 for my food. And it's not until I speak up that they're like, "Oh. Uh, yeah, sorry we forgot or something like that." So what I do now is I've just started I'm not saying get mad, but as within now a few minutes, instead of waiting for 10 minutes, instead of waiting for five or six people who came in after me, watch them coming and going. If I see even two or three people coming and going that were before me or after me, I'll say something. I'll say, hey, any uh, update on my order? That way I'm not going to sit there for 20 minutes. I went to California Fish Grill a few weeks ago and I was waiting, 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 busy Friday night. And sure enough, um, I saw people that were way behind me in line, leaving with their food. I'm like, what's going on? And I finally said, hey, what's going on with my food? And the lady's like, well, what was your order number? And I gave it to her, and sure enough, my food was in the corner sitting in a bag, and it had been sitting there for 20 minutes. Not 10 minutes, 20 minutes. (laughs) I'm like, how the fuck am I supposed to know my food is ready if you put it in a bag in the corner of the restaurant? So my point is, start speaking up more. Experiment with it, experiment with the easy stuff. When you go to a restaurant, you're waiting too long. Say, "Excuse me, uh, is my food ready yet?" Or if somebody says something th- to you that doesn't make sense, say, "Well, hang on a second. You said you were going to come at three p.m., but it's four p.m. Why were you late? Or why didn't you call me on time? Call me to let me know." Like you can start with these little things, and what you'll find is, as you start experimenting with these little things you'll gradually emerge finding your voice. You'll gradually emerge speaking up and calling people out on things. And again, this isn't an endeavor into trying to nitpick and flaw find the people you deal with, but it is about standing up for yourself. It's about standing your ground. So start with the small things. Think of all the situations you've had in your life where you wanted to say something and you couldn't. Why did I let that guy bash my PhD work? Uh, why did I let him? Why did he say he say this stuff to me? And I just sat there and laughed it off. Call him out. Say, you know what? You're insulting my work, and I put a lot of time into it. I don't appreciate you saying that. Because if you don't draw boundaries for people, there will be none. They won't even draw the boundaries for you. They will just keep fucking going until they just use you as, you know, a cum dumpster to dump all of their emotional problems. So start speaking up gradually, gradually, until you find your comfort. And what I found is over time of me doing this in the last few years, especially, um, like I said, fewer of those situations arise now because fewer people try to, to get one get one over on me, if you will. Now, when a client tries some, for example, let me give you two great examples. Last year, I had a a new client, and he was just be- becoming really a pain in the butt. Um, you know, the bankruptcy process isn't very complicated and it's fairly simple for my end as an attorney, but I do need some things from you as a client. I need tax returns and I need pay stubs. And every time he'd come into my office, he wouldn't bring what I asked for. He wouldn't bring ta- tax returns or pay stubs and he'd get really angry. He'd like slam shit on my desk. Like, why is this so complicated? Until I just find one, one day he left and I called him right away. I said, you know what? I don't want to take your case anymore. You're getting mad at me for a simple process when I'm the guy helping you. And if I have to deal with a negative energy like this, and you're not going to cooperate and blame me for your problem that you put yourself into, come here, take your money back and go find another attorney because I'm not the guy for you. And I was so glad I did it because I was going to spend the rest of the day brooding over what an asshole this guy was. But you know what happened? On that conversation, he broke down and he apologized. He's like, I'm so sorry. He said, let my actions speak louder than my words going forward. It's just a stressful process for me. And I'm, I'm just, I'm so sorry that I behaved like this. You are right. And in fact, this just happened again yesterday. Uh, we've had a, uh, a case that's been going on for two years now. The, the, my client was hit in a car accident. The idiot that hit him, some young punk, um, lied to the police. My, my client wasn't, you know, he wasn't in his right state of mind cause he suffered head trauma. The kid lied to the police about what happened to the accident. We fought it for a year. We finally got the insurance company to admit that their client had lied about everything. Basically, the client, their client had filed a false police report, and now the, clients, or the insurance company is doing what they often do is they're dicking, they're dicking around trying not to pay what they should pay, which has forced us to file a lawsuit. Unfortunately, this happens sometimes. It's not unusual. Ask any attorney that does personal injury. A lot of cases will settle. Some cases won't, and you have to file a lawsuit so you can go through the legal steps to get paid. This client, uh, who I've had a very amicable, very nice relationship with, all of a sudden started getting mad at us. He's like, this is illogical. I want to talk to the adjuster. How can there not be an offer on the table? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, because that's just what it is. We got hit with an adjuster that's an idiot, and they're trying to take the side of their client because he keeps lying to them about what happened at the accident. And he's like, he was, started blaming us for us dropping the ball, which was completely wrong. We hadn't dropped a ball on anything. I mean, that's just how this process works sometimes, love it or hate it. And so I was on the phone with him with my paralegal. And, you know, she's always trying to be amicable and so am I. But now I don't put up with the shit I used to because I found my voice. And so, he, you know, he was like, you know, I want to talk to another attorney about this. And, you know, I love you. I love you. He's, he's telling me this. He's like, you know, I love you. You're a great guy. That's why I came to you. But I need to talk to another attorney. And I said, you know what? Go talk to another attorney. In fact, go get another attorney. Because frankly, I'm not into this. I said, you keep saying you love me as though we're on we're best friends. But at the same time, you're basically accusing me of lying to you about not getting a settlement. And you're claiming I dropped the ball on something, which I didn't. And so you're basically spitting in my face and then handing me a napkin to wipe it off and you're expecting me to say thank you. So I said, that's not how love works for me. You make these false accusations about me, the guy that's been bending over backwards, giving me more attention and helping you than any other attorney attorney would. And here you are accusing me. I said, I don't even want a case where I have to fight the insurance company on one side and then fight with my own client. So please go consult with another attorney. And I think that took him off guard because guess what happened? And my paralegal afterwards, she's like, oh man, you shouldn't have done that. You got to work with these clients. I said, I am, but I'm not going to get spit spit on. I'm not going to, I'm working for free up until this case settles. So why should I be, why should I be ridiculed by somebody that doesn't even understand how the process works? I'm the attorney. So guess what happens the next day? Well, first of all, guess what happened that day? I felt great. Had I not said anything, I would have spent the remainder of the day feeling like shit, angry, angry of Why did I let this guy say all this shit to us that was untrue? Why didn't I speak up? What a dick, why do I have to work for this guy? I didn't think about any of that. I felt great, because I had spoken my mind in the moment. I had spoken my truth. I had found my voice. Guess what ended up happening the next day? Client calls me directly, which surprised me, because he always calls the minute, he calls me. He's like, you know, I I thought about, after the phone call with you, I thought about it all day, I felt so bad, you know, like I'm not very good at expressing myself. I'm under a lot of stress, this, that, and the other is like, I want to apologize to you. I was, I was wrong. I was wrong in what I said to you. And like, I I don't know how this process works. You're right. Um, And I know you guys are breaking your backs for me. And I know that it's just part of the process and I'm so sorry. And he's like, not only that, he wanted to meet in person to apologize to both me and my paralegal. And I thought exactly. Exactly. And I guarantee you this, had I not spoken up the day before and told him and put him in his place, I would have received no call. There would have been no remorse from his side. In fact, he probably would have thought he was right. He probably would have thought, uh, I was lying about him not getting a settlement offer. He was probably would have thought we dropped the ball on something, even though we didn't. Um, and so, you know, some people may think, well, if I speak up, maybe I'm going to lose this person or lose that. Um, and even my privilege was like, oh, you don't want him to go to another attorney. And I thought, yes, I do. If somebody's going to be an asshole to me when I'm doing all this work, I don't, I don't even want them as a fucking client. And so, um, you see, but you see the difference every time I found that I speak up, the opposite happens. So when I was younger and I thought, if I speak up, I'm going to get beaten up or it's going to cause conflict. What I found is universally the opposite would happen. And what was the opposite? I would get that person's respect. They would shut up and apologize universally. Um, and that's what I want you to start doing and build up. I mean, I've become a lot more reactive now to these situations and in real time. And I feel like it's made me garner a lot more respect. My business does better than ever. Uh, when if And I think if clients come to me that try to take advantage of me, when they hear me speak, I think they know. That they can't take advantage of me. So if I lose them, good riddance. Because that's not the type of person I wanted as a client. And if it's a friendship or relationship, that's not the type of person I wanted in my arena anyway. So that is my lesson for you today. Start with the baby steps. Start with a a restaurant where you're waiting too long. Move on over to a friend that does you wrong and calling them out on it. You know, you've heard me talk a million times about my ex-friend Jason. From Ottawa who actually he's been calling me a lot recently. I never answer, but he started calling me or messaging me on Facebook more and more and more often about all of his ridiculous business ideas that are all full of shit. And it's been fantastic because now I've just been calling him out on shit. You know, now his latest endeavor is some mask. He's trying to make N95 masks. And I'm like, Hey buddy, there's a vaccine now. Um, so he's got this genius idea. Nobody's ever heard of, which is making masks so people can wear them to protect themselves against COVID. What a fucking brilliant idea. But these days when we're chatting on Facebook, I don't even tell them that's a great idea, great idea. I'm like, I don't understand your business idea. I mean, how is it an idea, first of all? And secondly, you do do understand they're pretty much printing billions of these masks and they're available everywhere, including 7-Eleven, right? So I just start calling bullshit out and it's been fun. I've actually had more fun than ever because now every day I get to experiment with uh, speaking up and speaking up about shit that doesn't make sense or I think that's wrong. And like I said, it hasn't resulted in me getting punched in the face quite the opposite. I feel like I've garnered more respect from whoever it is with whom I'm dealing. So find your voice. You have it. If you want to really reach your full potential, you're only going to do that in anything in life. If you start speaking your mind, Uh, the most successful people you're going to find don't hold back. And like I said, it's not that you have to be uncivilized or a jerk, but take the, take the, you know, take the handcuffs off yourself, speak up, see what happens. And you may start feeling a lot better about yourself because a good friend of mine, he's, he's been on this journey with me. Hopefully he's listening today. And we always talk about these things and he's finding his voice too. He's several years younger. Um, so he's kind of watching me go through this evolution and he is too in the same, in the same way. And he's always been happiest when he's found his voice to speak up or dump people that didn't serve him. So that's what this episode was about. It's about finding your voice and speaking up and experimenting. You got nothing to lose. Right. And if you, the thing you lose from speaking up is something that you probably didn't want to have in the first place. So keep it real keep speaking keep experimenting keep adapting to your surroundings and i wish you guys the best of luck uh feel free to like and subscribe and leave your comments below thanks a lot. thanks again for tuning in to the everglow chronicling my life as an empath as i travel the globe check us out on instagram at n-e-i-l B-H-A-R-T-I-A for more photos related to this and other files.